بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته First of all, I would like to clarify one thing that uh, I am not a scholar. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, a student of this beautiful deen, a student of the Quran, trying to learn a little bit and trying to implement it and at the same time trying to share it in whatever circles and whatever means I can. So, you know, scholar is a very big term um, and we have, mashallah, respected scholars uh, all around us, but I'm just a normal student. Like any of you, consider me like your brother, right? There's no formalities here, inshallah. Um, so today's topic is about the womb and something about the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Before I get into that, uh, I'd like to see some smiles on your faces, inshallah. Can we see some smiles, inshallah? <laughs> Very good. Uh, you know, it's always important to remind ourselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be happy, and we keep talking about these, uh, these topics about you know, how Allah wants us to live in paradise, in dunya, before the paradise of Akhirah. Yes, please speak back, okay? So you stay awake, inshallah. So you know, I keep repeating this, and inshallah, even today you will, you will realize how amazing our deen is and how amazing this life can be if we choose to live according to Allah's plan according to Allah's guidance which is through the Quran so to start with I'd like to share with you a very very important diagram that uh, you know I came up with this is my ishtihad I think Wallahu alam, this is like a summary of the entire deen entire Quran okay and if you understand this you probably would understand a very, very big portion of this, of this deen and what Allah wants us to do in this life, inshallah. So pay attention, okay, before we go to sleep. So there's how many elements to this? Tell me. What are they? Allah, others, and seven. There's a reason I put Allah at the bottom. Why? Because Allah is the foundation, right? Without the foundation, all of this means nothing, correct? And what do you see in the center? Nice heart, white color heart, which represents... Love, okay, for those of you who hopefully have fallen in love once upon a time, yeah, heart means love. So love is the center, okay, and there's three elements to there. There's Allah, there's other, and there's self. Now have you turned, uh, have, you, have you heard the term حقوق Allah wa حقوق ibad? Have you heard this term? We use it very often, right? That, you know, brother, you have to pray, that's حقوق Allah, but also you have to have akhlaq, حقوق ibad. Right? Unfortunately, this formula is missing. Hukuk Allah and Hukuk Al-Ibad is a missing formula. Who can tell me why? What's missing? Who's missing? Hukuk Allah and Hukuk Al-Ibad. What's missing? Hukuk Al-Nafs. No one talks about this, right? People usually forget to talk about the importance of nafs. That's why we did a, several sessions on self-development, right? This idea that, yes, you have to take care of hukuk Allah and hukuk al-ibad, absolutely, but not forgetting yourself, because if you forget yourself, you will do dhulm nafs Allah calls these people, people who do injustice to themselves. And, though, and most people who live a life where they're only focused on hukuk Allah and hukuk al-ibad, are they living happily? Are they happy in their lives or are they miserable? 
extremely miserable. They're living in Jahannam of dunya and giving Jannah to others. Okay? This is the incorrect approach to this deen. Allah does not want you to burn yourself out in sacrifice for others. Right? You have to take care of yourself as importantly as you take care of others and as you take care of your relationship with Allah. So why is the heart in the center? It's because love is the essence. right? And when it comes to, for example, our relationship with Allah, let's start with that. Okay? The fundamental driving force between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be love. Okay? Love should be there, love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what are the natural fruits of this relationship? When you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what's the evidence that you really love Allah? Who can tell me? What's the proof that you love Allah? Very good. Absolutely, absolutely. So, in summary to what the brother said, you have to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Now, for someone who does not obey Allah, he claims that I love Allah. Does it make sense? No, right? You got to love him to be able to obey him. And by the way, if you love Allah, does obedience become easy? Absolutely, right? Even for my, my children, right? For example, like I share my love with my children. But if they disobey me while I show them love, how does that make me feel? Upset, right? Why? Because I'm showing you so much love, I'm buying you gifts, I'm taking care of you. And I ask you for tissue and you don't bring it for me. It's just a small thing I ask for, you don't bring it to me. You know? So this attitude of disobedience is usually the root cause is what? Why do people disobey Allah? It's because they don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yet. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Yes? Let's focus less on people walking in and focus on the talk, inshallah. Okay? I think the door is designed in the wrong place in this room, right? It's right at the beginning. So everyone who walks in, it becomes a distraction. Maybe we should open the, uh, the back door next time. <laughs> so people disobey Allah because they don't love Allah. Say it. People disobey Allah because they don't Love Allah. If they loved Allah, then obedience will become easy. They will never disobey Allah because they, they have to prove your love, right? If I keep telling my wife, I love you so much, I really care about you, you're my sweetheart, you know, but I never spend time with her, never listen to her, never talk to her, am I proving my love to her? No, she's going to get bored of me soon and she's going to, you know, there's going to be problems that I'm going to fix, right? So just saying, I love Allah, I love Allah, doesn't mean anything. You have to internalize it and then obedience becomes easy. Let's move on to others. What's the proof that you love others? Service, right? You have to serve them. You have to help them out. Your brother's in need. And by the way, I said others. Which means what? All, all Christians, not just Muslims, right? All of humanity. Others also includes the environment. It includes animals. Right or no? Okay, so the idea here is, yes, you take care of Allah's rights, but you also take care of others' rights. How do you prove that you care about others and you love others? Serve them, right? If you're not serving them, that means you don't love them. And is service a big part of our deen? What do you think? Pretty big part. Very, very big part, okay? It's, our deen is, yes, you take care of yourself, but you got to serve. You got to be someone who cares about others. That's why even in Salah, when we make dua, right, in Salah, in Surah Al-Fatiha, what do we say? Yaka na'bud. It's in the plural form. Oh Allah, only you do we worship. Na'bud. 
the noon in the beginning means it's a plural, plural form, okay? Iyaka a'bud means only I worship you. Iyaka na'bud means only we worship you. Only you do we worship. And iyaka nasta'in, also the noon in the beginning means plural. And only you do we seek help from. And then ihdina, not ihdini. Ihdini would mean guide me to the straight path. We say ihdina, all of us. Guide us all to the straight path. So it's a collective, you have to. So Islam is a balance of individual, yourself, and collective care, okay? What's the proof that you love yourself? What's the proof that you love yourself? This should be easy. We've been covering this topic a lot. What's the proof that you love yourself? You have to keep doing what? Self-development. Got to keep developing yourself. Got to keep improving the five elements. I forgot what the five elements were. Who can remind me? Five elements of the human being. What were they? Hmm. Yes, anyone? Body. Body. Okay, so you got to keep exercising. Got to keep eating healthy. Soul. Got to keep remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Doing dhikr, praying, Quran. Mind, you got to keep reading, got to keep attending workshops, coming to talks like this. Nafs, nafs, okay, heart, got to keep, in, you know, instilling love and mercy and care towards others. And nafs was what? Values, right? Positive values like gratitude, like humility, like confidence, all these positive values. Anything else left? Covered five? Okay, so... If you love yourself, you're going to develop yourself further. Inshallah, all of you, there's a sign that you love yourself because you're here today. You sacrifice time from your family, from TV, from you know, your work, whatever, to come and invest in yourself, which means you love yourself. If I don't love myself, will I develop myself? Will I care even to develop myself? Will I care to invest time and effort in myself? No. Okay, so, so does it make sense? Yes? This is pretty much the introduction today that I want to talk about. But in depth, we're going to be talking about this aspect here. Our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and how inshallah obedience can become easy. Okay. So before we go that, I want to share with you an ayah from Surah Al-Zumar. Beautiful ayah. Ayah number 67, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ It's a really, really... Um, Difficult ayah to translate, okay? وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ وَالْأَرْضُ جَمِيعًا قَبْضَتُهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَالسَّمَاوَاتُ مَطْوِيَّاتٌ بِيَمِينِهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ So what, what does it mean? What does وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ mean? Qadr means when you estimate something. When you have kind of, you know what guesstimate means? It's kind of like a guess plus estimate. You try to you try to do justice in terms of the magnitude of something, okay? So here what Allah is saying in this statement, in the beginning of this ayah, is that they did not realize who Allah was, as He deserves to be realized. They did not estimate Allah's capacity, Allah's magnitude, Allah's greatness, to the level where He deserves. Okay, and then Allah goes on to, to give us a glimpse of what his, his magnitude, what his greatness is like, right? He, he says, This entire earth on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, on the Day of Judgment, it's going to be in the grasp of his hands. 
And the entire skies. How many, how many skies, how many heavens do we have? Seven, right? With all the galaxies, all the planets, all the universes, whatever is out there, they will all be folded up. Matwiyatu means folded up on his right side. And then Allah says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanah. Subhan comes from Sabaha. Sabaha, which means to elevate Allah's status higher and higher and higher and higher. That's, why, that's what Subhanallah means. When you say it, you're saying how perfect Allah is, how you know, amazing He is, how incomprehend, incomprehensible He is. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do we say when we go down into sujood? Subhana Rabbiyal A'la. Okay, what we're saying is, Ya Allah, you're so great, you're so perfect, you're so high, you're, you know, pure from all imperfections. Okay? You're so perfectly high, and you're far, far away from all imperfections. You're the perfect one. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, Amma Yushrikun, from what they associate partners with you. Okay? So, why did I bring this ayah up? وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ The big problem we have in the ummah is that we don't know who Allah is. We haven't really put any time and effort to know our Creator. And so when we don't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what happens? Our relationship with Him becomes weak. Okay? It becomes shallow. And we have confusion, we have doubts, and we fall in misery. Our life becomes a mess. Why? Because our link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is weak. It's a weak link. All we know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is one. Right? Maybe He's Razak and basic things. But how many names of Allah are there, out there? Names and attributes? Many, right? 99 names. And uh, there's a lot of new research that's coming up that's actually... You know, focused on what names Allah mentions in the Quran, right? There's so many names out there. How much effort have we put in our lives? Question we, we need to all ask ourselves, including myself. How much effort have we put to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Like, you know, you want to get married. What's the first thing you're going to do before you get married, hopefully? What will you do? You find out who this girl is, right? Is she a girl or not? You, you do some research, you talk to her, you have a right to sit with her, with the mahrams around you. You have the right to talk to her, interview her, get to know her better, see if she matches your personality, see if her vision matches your vision, right? Any logical person would do this research before what? Before getting married and committing, because marriage is a serious commitment, right? So we put so much effort to know people. People, when they, you go for interviews, what do the... People do. What, do the, what does the boss do? Interview, right? Why do they do the interview? To see if you fit in the company. To see if your personality fits in, the pers- in this company. To see if your experience and your job skills match the requirement of this vacancy, right? And so, in worldly, in dunya affairs, we do a lot of research. Before buying a car, how much research do you do? A lot of research, right? Before moving into a new flat or a new house. A lot of research goes into it. Before traveling on a holiday or vacation, a lot of research goes into it, right? But when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how much effort have we put into knowing who Allah is? What do you think, guys? Have we done justice? Have we done justice to knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
knowing who he really is? Yes? What's happening? Everyone's sleeping or? What do you think guys? Have we done justice to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he deserves to be known? No. And that's what Allah is saying in this ayah. وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ You know if we knew who we were standing in front of in our salat? If we really knew who we are standing in front of in salah, how would your salah be? Completely different. If you really knew that the Quran is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you really knew this, how would your relationship with the Quran become? Different level, right? Completely different level. But it's, it's because of our lack of investing time and effort to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our relationship with the Quran has become dry, our salah has become, you know, all confusion and there's a lot of distractions and no khushu', right? No quality of prayers. Why? Because وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ We have not discovered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have not come to realize who Allah really is. And this is a tragedy, really. Wallahi, it's a tragedy. And this is something that I believe should be taught to all people in schools. What's more important than knowing who Allah is? Is there anything more important? Bef isn't knowing Allah more important than even learning how to pray? Before learning how to pray, you need to know who you are pray praying towards. Right? Even when it comes to, unfortunately, when it comes to da'wah, right? Inviting non-Muslims to Islam. A lot of you people here are active in da'wah. How many of you are active in da'wah? Okay. So, not that many, but a few. But the idea here is when you invite people to Islam, how much effort do you put into telling them who Allah is? We get so carried away with, we want the shahada. You know, just all you have to say is, La ilaha Say it, say it. Ashhadu an la. And then you're in a rush to get them into Islam. And then, brother, you have to pray for Adam day, you have to circumcise, you have to, you know, do this, 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 all external things. Do they end up knowing who Allah is? No, so it becomes a weak relationship. And that's why many people who convert to Islam, after a while, they're like, you know what, I don't benefit much. They leave Islam. So it's just entry, exit. Not, not quality. So we need to know who Allah is. We need to teach our kids who Allah is. We need to teach our families who Allah is. Everybody needs to know. Even non-Muslims need to know who Allah is. Wallahi, if they knew who Allah is, their lives would change. Their impression and perspective on Islam would change completely. Okay? But very, how can we explain to others who Allah is if we don't know who He is? Right? Okay? So today what we're going to do is, inshallah, attempt to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in one simple example. Now question, how do we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala better? There is a key. What's the key to knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? His book, His creation. Allah made it even much more easier. Through His? Can't hear. Someone's shy. He's not speaking up loud. Through His names and attributes. Exactly. So you want to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, study His names and attributes. You'll know who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. So today, inshallah, we're going to be talking about one name of Allah. So just in summary, what did I just say? You have to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with His knowledge, comes what? Love. And when you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what's going to become easy? Obedience. Okay. So 
the, the message here is, and wallahi, I'm telling you this. When you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even with one name, huh? I'm not talking about 99 names, just one name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I guarantee you, you will, you can't help yourself but love Him. That's how amazing and awesome his, his names are. You're bound to love this creator just by studying one name. I'm not saying 99 names. One name, any of those names, right? You, you, you can't help but love him. And then obedience will become easy because love is there, right? And it's, it's, it's such a relief as a parent, right? What's my dream for my children? For them to become obedient, right? So instead of focusing on, you know, you have to pray, you have to read Quran, you have to wear hijab. Instead of focusing on forcing them to obey, 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 what do I have? What's the root thing I have to work on? Love of Allah. So I, I need to teach them who Allah is. And then when that programming is done in the software, then automatically what's going to happen? Obedience will come into place. So you see, instead of focusing on the external things, we need to program the core. Just like software. How many of you into IT and software and computers and... Yeah, so you guys know what I'm talking about, right? When the programming is correct, then everything becomes easy. Then I don't have to wake up my children for Fajr. They're going to wake up on their own because they're meeting with their Creator. They're meeting with Allah. So make sense so far? Yes? Okay. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى In Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah number 188. This is a command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, And to him belong the most beautiful names. So ask him with those names. Ask Allah with those names. Now there's a very you know, big, big key here that Allah is giving us. Even in our du'as, we need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his beautiful names. What does that mean? What does that mean? Supposed to be even praying, okay? We have to mention Allah's beautiful name. Mm -hmm. To ask Allah supposed to be praying. Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Rahim. Yes, yes. Very good. So you need to use Allah's names in your dua. Include them in your dua. But now, which name do you choose? Which names do you choose? Depending on what you're asking for. If you're asking for money, which name would you choose? Ya Razak, right? Ya Dhul Fadl. Correct? If you're asking for health and uh, cure. Ya Shafi. Correct? If you're asking for a problem, you're, you know, you're facing a big problem, all doors are closed in your life, which name would you use? Al Fatah. Ya Allah, open these locked doors, Ya Allah. I don't have the keys, you have the key. You see? So. This is where your dua will be multiple times more effective when you use these tips. And see, Allah gives us tips in the Quran, right? This is like a secret key that Allah has given us. You want your dua to be answered? You want it to be more effective? Use the relevant name. And so, inshallah, by the end of the talk, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I'm just giving you some tips here, inshallah. So, Allah says, وَذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَاءِهِ And leave those. ذَرُوا means leave those who are deviant from Allah's names. سَيُجْزَوْنَ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ They will get what they, what they were doing. So Allah is warning us here that if you don't use my names, if you don't 
you know, bring my names to life, then you will pay the price for it in dunya. Then that means you don't need me. You think your own efforts will give you what you want. And so this brings us to another point. Allah's beautiful names are there for us to love Him and then for us to live by. Okay, let me repeat that. Allah doesn't just want us to know His names and love Him. He wants us to live by those names and bring those names to life. Okay? And I'll give you some tips here, right? For example, the word or the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Kareem, means what? The one who is generous, right? How do you live by that name? Very simple. By being generous. Simple, right? The name Ar-Rahman, the most extremely merciful. How do you live by that name? Forgive others, right? Al-Wasi', the one who expands and the one who makes things easy and is flexible and opens up things. Not, you know, the opposite of Wasi' is to make things tight and difficult and complicated. So Al-Wasi' means what? Expand, make easy. How do you live by that name? By making things easy for those around you. Be open-minded. Be someone who's make things easy for others. Open up. Don't make, don't complicate things. Don't live in a box. Don't force others to be in a box. Be flexible. Be open-minded. You see how these names can come to life? Okay. But today we're going to be talking about one name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which has to deal with what, what picture did you see in the beginning? What picture do you see? The womb, right? Okay, so the womb in the Arabic language is called Rahim. It's called what? Rahim. Okay. And uh, obviously Rahman and Rahim and Rahim connected, you see? There's common commonality in these words. So the word, the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we're going to be talking about in the next half an hour probably is Rahman and Rahim. Okay? So inshallah by the end of today's talk you will see how Rahman, what Allah names mean ar-rahman rahim and how you can live by them in your life inshallah and how how practical these names are in our life okay so to understand his names you have to look at the quran and see how allah uses the names in different situations of course there's many places where allah uses the word rahman but i chose this verse from surah maryam where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning the story of ibrahim alayhi salam where he's talking to his father now who was ibrahim alayhi salam's father Yeah, I mean, his name is not mentioned in the Quran, so we don't need to worry about that. But the idea was his father was the manufacturer of idols, right? He was the, like at the top of the pyramid of, of shirk, encouraging people to do shirk and all that. And so he says to his father, Ibrahim salam says to his father, Ya abati la ta'bud shaytan Oh my beloved father. And you know, it's an interesting tangent here. Ya abati means, oh my beloved father, I love you so much. What Allah is teaching us here is what? Before giving da'wah to your parents, show them that you love them. Use soft, polite, loving words. Ya abati means, oh my beloved father, I love you so much. And then he says, la ta'abud shaytan Don't worship shaytan. Don't enslave yourself to shaytan. Inna shaytana kana lirrahmani asiyya. That shaytan is most definitely in opposition to Ar-Rahman. 
So, there's a hidden meaning in this ayah, right? To understand, to understand who shaitan is, who do we have to understand? Who is in opposition to Ar-Rahman? Shaitan, right? And so that means shaitan and Ar-Rahman are two opposites. So to understand who Ar-Rahman is, we need to understand who shaitan is. You want to understand who shaitan is? Understand who Rahman is. Whatever Rahman wants you to do, shaitan wants you to do the opposite. Whatever shaitan wants you to do, Rahman wants you to do the complete opposite. Okay? Inshallah, this will get more and more clearer. Okay? But just to show you the beauty and depth of the ayah, one ayah in the Quran, right? I mean, we probably read this ayah and just breeze past through it without really realizing what Allah is saying. What does Rahman have to do with shaitan? But the key word here is asiyya. Asiyya means from ma'siyya, right? When you oppose, when you go against something. Okay? So inna shaitan, and there's Allah saying here, inna, most definitely shaitan is to the Rahman, an opposite, in opposition, always. So on one hand you have shaitan, on the other hand you have an opposite, which is what? The word ar-Rahman. Okay? And you know, we use this also in uh, our day-to-day Life, right? To understand one thing, you have to understand the opposite. Who can give me an example of this? How do you understand one thing by its opposite? To appreciate light, you need to have what? Darkness. Okay. To appreciate someone who doesn't have hair in his head, you look at someone who has hair, right? So opposites always make things easy to understand. Life and death, yes. Okay. So, the womb. Let's talk about the womb now. Because again, Rahman, again, to know Allah's names, you got to know the root words. And you got to know a bit of Arabic. Okay? So, to know the root words. And I'll give you a short tip here. There is an app called Bayan Quran. Okay? B-A-Y-A-N Quran. Download it, it's free. Okay? In it, you can tap on any word in the Quran and it gives you root meanings instantly. Okay, so most of us are lazy. It's very difficult for us to go and search and check out in different books and, you know. With the app, subhanAllah, with technology, you get instant access to root meanings of the word. So you look at any word, Rahman, search for the word Rahman, tap on it, you'll see Rahim. And then you'll see all the meanings of what this word means. It will give you an appreciation, more depth about this beautiful name. You can apply this to all the other names, inshallah. So the womb. Now what goes on in the womb? What goes on in the womb? What is the womb a symbol of? Just look at the picture. Describe to me that picture in one word. I want you all to contribute, inshallah. One word, description. Shell? Okay, so covered, you mean. Okay. Safety, very good. Life. What else? Look deeply. Try to feel what the baby is feeling. Comfort. Very good. Think about the relationship between the mother and the baby also. Love. Risk, provisions. Very good. Through this pipe here, right? This, it's not a pipe. It's a cord, right? Umbilical cord, right? So all food, nutrition, everything is being taken care of. Provisions. What else? 
What do you see? Love and care. Love and care, absolutely. The mother cares a lot about the baby, right? Throughout how much? How long of a period? Nine months. So again, the womb is a symbol of what also? Patience. Right? Could Allah have made the baby come out in one hour? From pregnancy, sleep with your wife. After one hour, baby comes out. Can it happen? Of course it can happen. It's happened, right? With who? Yeah, I mean, we don't know the time frame, right? But it happened pretty quickly, we can assume. Without the intervention of male. So of course it's possible for Allah. Inna Allah ala kulli shayin qadir. Allah is capable of anything. Right? Anything, kun fayakun. Very easy, simple, right? But Allah designed this womb to make that gradual growth, to teach us lessons also. And that's another meaning of this, that's in this word rahim, graduality and patience. And so you mentioned shell also, which is about care. I was waiting for someone to say care. Like love, mercy and care. Constant care. That baby's been taken care of throughout the nine months. Does the baby have to cry? Does the baby cry in the womb? When does it cry? Outside. When? But as long as, as if Allah's name, Ar-Rahman, is, is telling us that Allah is in constant care of you. All the time. So now to bring this meaning to life, I want you all to imagine that we are in this big womb. All of us are in this big womb. And Allah has undertaken, through His name, Ar-Rahman, He's undertaken upon Himself to provide for us, to love us, to care for us, to be extremely merciful with us, to protect us, and to, to make us grow gradually. Okay? So we're all in this. And by the way, is this limited to Muslims? Who benefits from Ar-Rahman? All of the creation. Regardless, you're Muslim, non-Muslim, everyone's getting rain, Everyone's getting oxygen to breathe. Everyone's heart is beating. Everyone's getting provisions. This is what the word Ar-Rahman means. Okay? And now, like I said, to understand Ar-Rahman more deeply, what do we have to look at? What do we have to look at? It's opposite, guys. Come on. Okay? To understand Ar-Rahman, we have to look at the opposite. What was the opposite? Shaitan. Very good. So let's drill further now. Okay? I just gave you a quick summary. So Rahman, we said love, care, and mercy. Okay? The mother is very clear with the mother, love, care, and mercy. By the way, when the baby in the mother's womb, does it sometimes kick and punch and play like judo and karate in the, in the womb? Yes. Does it pain? Is it painful for the mother? It's sometimes pretty painful, right? Sometimes the mother has to go through sleepless nights. Sometimes there's... You know, sickness, they call it like morning sickness and all that kind of stuff that goes on with pregnancy. It's, pretty, it's a pretty difficult task. And by the way, as the baby is growing, what's happening? It's getting heavier and heavier. So, you know, the mother has to cope with this for nine months. But does she ever hate the child inside? <coughs> no, right? So even the mother's relationship with the child is in a way a mini version of Allah's relationship with us. That no matter how much you, as a baby, hurt your mother, cause her pain, cause her distress, cause her sleepless nights, the love of the mother will always be there. Similarly, 
if you draw the same comparison with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter how much you disobey Allah, no matter how many fajrs you miss, no matter how far away you are from Qur'an, no matter how, you know, how weak your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, Allah's love, care and mercy and protection will always be there for you, regardless of how messed up you are. See how amazing that is? So it's not conditional love, it's called what? Unconditional love, right? This is called unconditional love. There's no conditions attached. Allah doesn't say, I'll, I'll send down rain if you pray Fajr. Allah doesn't say, I'll, I'll give you oxygen if you are good to your parents. Allah doesn't say, I will feed you today if you read one page of Quran. No, there's no conditions attached. Right? Allah, regardless of what you are, Allah's love and care and mercy is constant, it's there. No conditions, no strings attached. And this is the peak of love, by the way. This is the peak of love. You know, you see in movies, love stories and stuff, it's all conditions, by the way. You love me, I love you. You're good to me, I love you. You're beautiful, I love you. But the moment you cheat on me, I hate you. The moment you, you know, your hair starts getting white, I don't love you that much now. I need a second wife. Right? So there's conditions attached to our worldly love. But the highest form of love is unconditional love. And that's what Ar-Rahman is. So love, care, and mercy. What's the opposite of love, care, and mercy? Hatred, anger, and revenge. That is shaitan. So now this adds more depth into this meaning, right? Ar-Rahman. And we now understand shaitan's strategy. Is it, by the way, is it important to know shaitan's strategy? Yeah. Why? So you can protect yourself, be safe from him. Allah subhanahu wa said that, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌّ فَاتَّخِذُوهُ عَدُوًا The shaitan is most definitely your enemy, so take him as your enemy. You gotta fight him. Okay? Who have we taken as enemies nowadays? Who have we as human beings taken enemies? Who, guys? You don't have enemies? Muslims don't have enemies? Yeah, fighting with one another, one sect against another, one neighbor against the other neighbor, one uncle against another uncle, one ideology against another, one madhab against the other, one school of thought against the other. You know, we've made Daesh the enemy, we've made Israel the enemy, we've made so many conspiracy theories out there and all these other mini enemies, right? Who's the big enemy behind all of these enemies? Shaitan. And that's the one whom we've forgotten. Allah says, stresses on this. Take him as your enemy. He is your enemy. He's your ultimate enemy. If you deal with him clearly and you know his strategy, you know his tactics, you know his maneuvers, you'll be safe from him. Okay? So, hatred, anger, and revenge. Now, looking around in society, what do we see more of? Like a Rahmani kind of approach to this or Shaitani? Who's winning? Shaitan, right? There's hatred out there, there's revenge, there's... And you know, this started from the beginning, right? From Habil and Qabil. Right? Jealousy, anger, hatred. Right? It started right from the beginning. And so when, what we need to do is understand that whenever you feel angry at someone, what should you remind yourself of? 
What should you remind yourself of? Do I want to be shaitani? Or do I want to be Ar-Rahman? Do I want to live by Allah's name Ar-Rahman? Or do I want to live by shaitan's way of life? Okay, so it should be disgusting to us actually. You know, With this meaning, now with this depth, what's happening is next time you feel hatred towards someone, you feel angry, you feel like taking revenge, know consciously that you are acting like shaitan. You're acting like shaitan. And if you act like shaitan, what's he going to cause you? What's shaitan's goal, by the way? What's shaitan's objective? To make you burn and feel pain of where? Of, of which hellfire? How many hellfires are there? Ah, someone's been following what we've been saying. saying huh? There's two hellfires, guys. One in Akhirah, which is pretty messed up. But before that, we should be concerned about the hellfire that shaitan wants us to live in, in dunya. The pain that shaitan wants us to experience in dunya. The pain of family problems, the pain of financial problems, the pain of health problems, the, the emotional pain, the psychological pain. Okay? All of these pains are caused by shaitan. He wants us to live in that pain. And that's why he's created from fire, by the way, right? It's, it's uh, interesting, because fire, when you touch it, what happens? Burns, right? That's, so his nature is he wants to cause you pain. So, there is no room for hatred, brothers, in, in uh, our deen. In your heart, there should be no room for hatred. Even the Prophet ﷺ, you know, you read his seerah, even with his enemies, what would he do? What would he do? Oh Allah, forgive them, they don't know. You know, unfortunately in some masjids you go and you know, some imams they make dua, Ya Allah, destroy them, make their wives, you know, widows, and make their children orphans, and you know, send on them rocks and rain of fire and, this, and destroy them. What's this instilling in people? And everyone behind is saying, Ameen, 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 without even knowing. Is this the teaching of the Prophet? No. Okay. The Prophet taught us to be loving, caring, merciful. There's endless stories. Give you one example. One man came into the Masjid al Nabawi, needed to go to the bathroom, felt like doing it then and there. He started urinating in the Masjid al Nabawi. How did the Sahaba react? Anger, right? What did the Prophet do? Correct them. He was Rahmani. He told them, guys, let him finish. When he finished, he went softly and told him, brother, this is a place of purity. It's a masjid. You know, next time don't do it here. So love, care and mercy with your children, with your wives and husbands. You know, like the other day I was talking to my sister. She was telling me that so many wives today suffer from physical abuse from their husbands, guys. This is real. I used to see this in movies, right? And dramas. I thought it's like, not real, but this is real. It's happening. But nobody talks about it. Why? Why? Yeah, I mean, no, no wife would want to go tell 
that listen, I don't like my husband, he beats me up, right? Because then she'll end up becoming divorced and social pressure and what will people say and all that kind of stuff. So beating children, beating wives, being, you know, cursing, all these things are all shaitani stuff. And look at the way people drive, right? The, the honk, you should never honk at anybody. Because honk means what? What does honk mean? You're angry, you're being impatient, right? So, you know, go to the garage and cancel the horn from your car. <laughs> Wallahi. Safety sometimes, yeah. Mostly it's used for, you know, a creative way of cursing. Beep, beep, right? So, love, care, and mercy. Not hatred, anger, and revenge. And wallahi, there's so many stories of, I know brothers who don't talk to each other for years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. Fights over inheritance, fight over, ah, oh, she, she didn't invite me, he didn't invite me. His wife said this to my wife. Right? Does this exist or no? What, am I talking like fairy tales? Yes. How many of you know, like, brothers or relatives who don't talk to each other for a long, long time? Ah. In the beginning, no one's raising up. Slowly, slowly, everyone's like... Yeah. So, see who's winning, guys. Why, why, why is this so common? Because... Because of shaitan. Because we don't know Ar-Rahman. Now, you see how it's all connecting? Because we don't know who Ar-Rahman is. And we don't care to live by his name. And shaitan is taking us for a ride, remote control. He's winning, right? He, he made us distracted. We don't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Game over. You don't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Game over, right? You're not going to love him. Obedience is going to become difficult. You're going to start living a shaitani lifestyle. You won't even know about it. You turn 50, 60, then you realize, ah, I lived a shaitani lifestyle this whole life. Next. Unity and order. Also, remember in the rahim, in the womb, we saw unity. Right? There's union between who and who? Connectivity, union between the mother through the um umbilical cord, right? And order, everything is in order. Like the brother said, provisions coming. Whenever the baby's hungry, the umbilical cord is providing. There's, everything is smooth and in order. Now let's see how this relates to our life. What's the opposite of unity and order? Division, chaos, disconnection, right? So who's winning now this game? Again, shaitan's winning, right? His goal is to cut off ties. Allah says, Maintain the ties. And you know the, the term for maintaining ties between families and relatives is called Silatul Rahim. SubhanAllah. The word Rahim. Silatul Rahim. Connectivity of Rahim. So our relationship with our brothers, our uncles, our aunts, our parents, our children, this is all Silatul Rahim. These relatives that we have, your cousins, your aunts. Maintaining ties with them is, is living by Allah's name, Ar-Rahman. And shaitan wants you to do what? Disconnect ties. 
break those ties and divorce. Again, some divorces are healthy, but very rare, right? Most divorces are ugly, right? Very, very ugly. Although, you know, our deen teaches us that divorce can be healthy also, okay? Maybe we can do a talk about healthy divorce one day, inshallah. Yeah. It's really interesting stuff. But the idea here is, you know, shaitan, in one hadith, the Prophet teaches us that, you know, shaitan, he has like a gathering every day where his mini shayateen report to him. I did so-and-so. I made someone, you know, shout at someone. I made someone cheat today. I made someone, you know, raise the finger at someone in the car. And then one guy says, one shaitan comes and says, I made a divorce happen in the family. And shaitan, like Iblis, the, the head of the shayateen, gets up and hugs that shaitan and says, good job, this is what I'm talking about. This is the real deal. You are the hero today. You destroyed a family. And when husband and wife get disconnected, what happens to the entire family? Broken up. And then when a family is broken up, what happens to the community and the society? Shaitan's game becomes easy, right? Children become depressed, families fall apart. Easy, facade, corruption. So unity and order versus... So anyone, brothers and sisters listening, anyone, and you know, this is like a... You have to understand this as a principle, right? Anyone who calls to division and to cut off and to, you know, divide, stay away from such people. We, we don't need that in our lives today. We need to be around people who say, come, let's do things together. Let's forgive one another and work together and unite and come together. And by the way, in politics, even Fir'aun taught us from the beginning, what was his strategy as a politician? Very famous. Divide and rule. Okay, very famous strategy. You want a nation to suffer, divide them into two sects and rule them. Sit back, eat some popcorn and enjoy. They will spend the rest of their lives fighting and you can sit back and enjoy and control. Okay? The moment they unite, what happens? Threat to the leadership. Okay, so again, see shaitan's work, he knows the game, right? Divide and rule. And that's what the enemies of Islam did, right? After World War I. You guys heard of Sykes-Pico? Yes? Sykes-Pico? How many of you don't know him? Don't know about this agreement? Okay, so we need to do a history lesson one day. But in, in summary, there was a British guy named Sykes and a French guy named Pico. They sat together and they took out the world map and they started dividing it into countries. And they said, okay, this one you guys take as Brits, we'll take this as French. And they had a nice dinner and they left. And today you have passports, you have visa controls and borders. Really, wallahi, this is what it is, Yani. This, this the whole set thing of passports and division. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is Allah's land, right? All of it belongs to Allah. But human beings have divided it. Why? Because of strategic, you know, politi politicians, they have these strategies of, you know, control this part, control that part. And, you know, we've seen it with Sudan, how it was split. We've seen it in different countries, right? Dividing is a shaitani attribute. Whereas unity and order bringing people together. You know what the ajr and the reward is of, you know when two people have a fight 
and you become the middlemen and try to bring them together, that is what's needed, right? You need to be the connector. Don't be the divider. You see how real his name is, Ar-Rahman? And order. Let's talk about order now. Opposite of order is chaos. This is also so real, subhanAllah. And order also means discipline, right? Coming on time, praying on time, honoring your commitments. This is part of Ar-Rahman. Imagine if like, um, Allah, like the sun didn't rise in time. What's going to happen to life on earth? Big problem, right? Imagine if the moon decided it's not going to fulfill its cycle. What's going to happen? Chaos, right? So Allah's design, His system is all in discipline. Yet human beings, are they disciplined or are they in chaos mode? Chaos, our life, and this, this is a huge time management topic here. Okay? Most stress is caused because of lack of time management. It creates chaos in your life. You end up prior, prioritizing you know, things that are of low priority over others. You end up being late. You end up not you know, praying on t- time. You end up not honoring your commitments. Your room is a mess. Your desktop is a mess. All your files are a mess. Open up your desktop to see if you are, have a shaitani desktop or a rahmani desktop. If you have all the files in nice folders, this is work, this is family, this is my business, this is, then mashallah you have a rahman system going on. Look at your room. Open your cupboard and see. Are your clothes nicely aligned? Is your underwear in one place? Your clothes in one place? Your shirts? Your suits, your shoes, you just throw them there or they're nicely tacked. And subhanAllah, you know, I share this with my kids now. And, and when they throw their, like they come in the house and they throw their shoes, I remind them, guys, that's shaitani. Like, oh yeah, Baba. And they go and they fix it. Now we're Rahmani. Right? So we teach children discipline through Allah's name, Rahman. And wallahi, it makes such a huge difference. Right? I don't have to give them a one hour lecture about discipline. No, Rahman, khalas. You want to be shaitan or Rahman, choose. So the way you manage your life, your, the way your house is, is it clean or not? The way you drive. Are you a Rahmani driver or a shaitani driver, right? Are you crossing red lights? Are you wearing the seatbelt or no? Are you cutting corners? Are you overtaking? And you know those people who, like, there's a huge line waiting to go right. This guy, the smart guy, cuts... Goes all to, to all to the end and signals right. All the way at the beginning of the line. Right? Why? Because he thinks he's more important than everyone else. That's a shaitani act right, right there. And by the way, you know the implications of such acts? Allah's system, and this is a separate topic, but just since we got there. You know this driver who cut to go ahead of everyone else? Allah's system is such, and this is a bit like karma, right? That in dunya, that guy who cut corners, all the people that he caused pain, right, and uh, distress, accumulated all of these, all of this negative energy is going to go on him. Maybe through his boss, he's going to give him a hard time at work. Maybe his wife's going to give him a hard time at home. Maybe through health, maybe through a car accident, maybe through some, some problem, some disaster is going to happen in his life. He's going to have to pay for that act that he did because he violated someone else's rights 
those people that were waiting in line patiently, those Rahmani people, they were waiting patiently, this guy wanted to do chaos. You, you end up paying for that act in dunya before akhirah. Guaranteed it's going to happen, right? There's no way out of it. This is Allah's system works this way. It's, and this is part of the justice of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-adl. So even when it comes to food, right? How do you eat? Do you eat in a disciplined way? Are you Rahmani with your stomach? Or are you Shaitani? You're just eating, you know, biryani, pakoras, jalebi, all that, ice cream and everything. And, and what happens when you become Shaitani with your stomach? What happens? When you eat in a chaos manner, what happens to your stomach and your digestive system? Chaos, chaos and you end up in pain, right? Your stomach is telling you, it's screaming out loud, hey, give me mercy, be merciful with me, be Rahmani with me. Right? Give me a break. I'm, I'm confused. What's coming in here? Chocolate or biryani or samosa or french fries or, or Pepsi? All of all, everything together. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. So, wallahi, we can talk for an hour on just on this part here, right? But just to go on. But you guys get the point? You see how alive this is? Now, the third thing we talked about was graduality and patience. What's the opposite of graduality and patience? Shortcuts and uh, what's the opposite of patience? Impatience, easy way, right? <laughs> so impatience, shortcuts. People who steal, people who cheat, what are they looking for? They're looking for a shortcut, right? Allah's system is such that everything is gradual, right? Just like when you plant a seed, it takes time to grow. Sun rises and sets gradually. The moon also gradually, it's, you know, the, the, the days of the month go by gradually. It takes time for the rain to come down. You're starting a business, don't expect money next, next week or next month. It takes time, right? You have to be patient and persistent. That is the system of Rahman. But we're living in the age of instant, right? Everything is instant. Instagram, instant messages, short messages. You want to gain knowledge shortly through WhatsApp, right? You want to know about Quran through Facebook, short and sweet and quick. Does it work that way? No, you need time, you need graduality, you need to be patient. Okay? So shortcut. Same thing with fast food, right? I mean, what's the concept of fast food? I mean, I know Jasmine will hate me for this, but I mean, in a way, the faster a food is cooked, the, harm, the more harmful it is to you. This is a known fact. The more time is taken to cook the food, the more natural it is, the more Rahmani it is. Okay? And that's why the microwave is, like my, I hate, my, I don't have a microwave in my, my kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, it's shaitani. Obviously it's going to be dangerous, right? You're in a rush, you want to, you know, heat up that biryani in 20 seconds. Obviously there's going to be problems there, right? And there are so many studies and like how it causes cancer and all that and that kind of stuff. 
I don't know how true that is, but the idea is there is going to be harm because you're going against nature, you're going against Rahman. Heat it up in a natural way in the oven. Yes, it's going to take five minutes, but at least you're patient. Okay? Can anyone think of other examples of graduality versus shortcut? Come on. I don't want to be the only one thinking here. To earn money, yeah, we said, right? Shortcut. You go to Las Vegas, play some gambling. Maybe you'll hit the jackpot. You buy a ticket, you know, for the lottery. Maybe you'll win the car. Okay? Fitness. Also, you want to be fit. You want to get the six-pack. Do you go on the 10-day diet? <laughs> or you go for a one-year plan of gradual fitness? 10-day diets is probably going to end up coming back worse. Okay? Takes time. Anything else? When it comes to children, you want your child to pray. They're not praying. What's the shortcut approach? Shortcut. Take the shoe and hit them. What's the normal Rahmani approach? Remember the roles of the father and the parents? We said, right? I forgot. What were the five roles of parents from the parenting talk? Who can remind me? Hmm. Let's see how strong your memory is. Five duties of parents. Come on, at least once. One, please. One out of five. Balagh, Balagh and Mubina. Okay, Balagh, Mubin. Explain to them. What else? Role model, very good. Reminding them. Making dua for them. And the last one. Loving and caring and being merciful with them. Okay. So, subhanAllah, weak memory, huh? <laughs> okay. So, you see how real these names are? Now I want to talk about something even more interesting. If you live by Allah's names, then He will bless you in this life with unimaginable doors that will open up. And it does not matter if you're Muslim or not. An example of how a recent company used Allah's name and manifested Allah's name into life is Facebook. What is Facebook's mission? Connect people to one another. Is that Rahmani or Shaitani? Absolutely. So did Allah bless them or no? Absolutely. It's a multi-billion dollar company. The owner is a billionaire. He's, I don't know, in his early 20s, right? Mid-20s. And so these people have understood how to work by Allah's names. They understand the importance of values. They don't, you know, when this guy worked on his project, he wasn't thinking about the money. You think he was thinking about the money? No. He was thinking about connecting people to another. And that is a Rahmani thought. That is a Rahmani intention. And when he did that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showered upon them with blessings and barakah. Why? Because this is Allah's law. You bring Allah's names into life, 
everything else will be taken care of. Same thing with a company like Google. What's their mission? Who knows? Organizing information. Organizing. Not chaos. Organizing. Making things easy, accessible to everybody. And did Allah bless them? I'm talking about two of the biggest companies now in the world. Even look at multiple companies like Apple, right? Or Samsung or whatever, these devices. What do these devices do? They help you connect with one another. And so Allah blesses you. I think Apple today is like the largest company in the world or something. Look at all the top successful businesses, right? In any country, any industry, they are implementing Allah's, one of Allah's names. Whether they know it or not, by the way. You know, subhanAllah, I was, the other day I was at this new Lulu uh, place, right? In Zinj. And, uh, you know, I was trying to think of like which name... There must be a name that this guy is applying. And it came to me. Any guesses? Which name of Allah is he living by? There could be multiple, right? But the one that stood out for me was Ar-Razaq. How many people are working for this guy? How many jobs is he creating with every store? How many families are being fed with every store that he opens? And how many people end up eating by buying food and stuff from him, right? Like he's being a means. Of course, Allah is a razaq, right? But he's being a means for that rizq to reach people. And so, Allah blesses this. He became a means for Allah's rizq to reach others. And so if you want to be a successful businessman, what should be your number one objective? Making money? What should be? You know, that's the biggest mistake all businesses do. They put down the objective of making money. And remember this, brothers and sisters. You know, Allah's rizq is your right, by the way. Just like that baby in the womb, its right was to get rizq, right? It's your given right. So when you struggle to get your right, Allah will make it difficult for you. Let me repeat that. If you struggle to get your right, in a way you're being disrespectful to Allah. Because Allah has guaranteed you your rizq. لا نسألكم رزقاً, Allah says. We don't ask you to be worried about your rizq. نحن نرزقكم. We provide for you. Don't worry about this rizq part. You focus on what? Who can tell me? If risk and money should not be the concern, what should be the concern? Service by doing what? By choosing one of Allah's names and living by them and making it alive in your business. Think of something, think of one of the names of Allah that you want to bring to life in your business. And you see how Allah will bless your business. And I'll give you some examples of how to do this, right? Let's say, for example, your passion is photography or video making or movie making or film. Which name of Allah would you use to start your business venture into film and production 
and video and stuff like that. Which name of Allah would come? Al-Musawwar. Ismullah Al-Musawwar. Al-Musawwar. Also Al-Khaliq, right? Creator. When you are creative. You know those people into creative design, graphic design, any graphic designers here? Okay, what are you guys, what kind of professions do you have? <laughs> okay. So creative designers, they create stuff. The highest demand people today in any company, any film, right, is creative people who create ideas. You're living by Allah's name, Al-Khaliq. Accountants live by Allah's name, Al-Hasib. You know, if you have a surveillance company that uh, does surveillance for cameras and stuff like that, live by Allah's name, Al-Basir or Al-Khabir. Bring that name into life. Can anyone think of other examples? If you're a doctor, live by Allah's name as Shafi, the one who cures. You see? So we are running after the wrong thing. We're running after the money. Allah says, no, no, no. Think about values. Think about something that can benefit others and I will give you your risk guaranteed. So companies like Facebook, like you know, WhatsApp, Twitter, all these billion dollar companies now, they're, they're doing Rahmani things. You know, and Allah provides for them. Transportation companies, cars, industries, like all these big, big, big industries, right? They're all applying Allah's name indirectly and they're benefiting from it. But most Muslims, what are they doing? They're struggling behind the money and they're complaining that we don't have risk, we don't have jobs, business is suffering. Why? Because we, our objective is not to bring Allah's names to life. So, let's do a quick summary of today's talk, because I'm done. What did we start off with? Importance of knowing Allah, right? If you know Allah, then you will bound to love Him. And when you love Him, then obedience becomes easy. And how do you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Through His beautiful names. And is it enough just to know His beautiful names and love Him? No, you have to live by His names, okay? And then we talked about Ar-Rahman, opposite of Rahman is Shaitan. Rahman was three things. What were they? Number one, love, care, and mercy. Opposite of that was what? Hatred, revenge, and anger. Second part was order and discipline. Opposite of that was chaos and disconnection. Okay? Division. And lastly, graduality and patience. Opposite of that was impatience and shortcuts. And then lastly, we said that the importance of living by his names even in your jobs, even in your businesses. Live by his names. Make this your goal. Don't run after money. Money is provided to you. And I'll end with this example to make this a bit more clear. When you were a kid, do you worry about money? Why? Who's taking care of it? When you're in your, your womb, do you care about money and, and provision? No, right? Who's taking care of it? Your mother. So your mother takes care of your provision as you are in the mother's womb. And then when you're born, who takes care of your provision? The father. Okay, it's a system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then you start getting older and older and older and you, thought, you think you're getting smarter and smarter. But unfortunately, you're getting dumber and dumber. Because you're forgetting that Allah is a razaq. Okay, and then you start running after money. Okay? 
Now, using that same example, this child that was under the care of the father, right? As long as he's in the house, is the provision taken care of or no? Yes. yes. The moment he decides to leave the house, imagine the son runs away from the house. What's going to happen all of a sudden to his rizq? He's in chaos, right? Now he's going, to end, he's going to be forced to do what? To run and struggle for his provision. Why? Because he's cut himself off of that link. So what's the message here? If you are struggling with your rizq, then you need to think about your connection with Allah. The more connected to Allah you are, the more easy and smooth your rizq will be. Because you know He is a razaq. You're not worried about it. The more you worry about rizq, the more you're afraid of rizq, the more you're afraid of getting laid off and afraid of your business falling, the less yaqeen you have in Allah, the farther away you are from Allah. And then Allah's system is that you choose to not believe in me as a razaq, then yalla, show me what you can do with your own efforts. And that's where most people go wrong. So with that, I conclude this talk, inshallah. Um, you know, make an intention to know Allah's names. We just covered one name today, Rahman. But you see the beauty and depth of this name? And how it's linked to the womb and the power of Allah's beautiful names and how it can change lives? Wallahi, if, if you lived by this, this name, Ar-Rahman, wouldn't your life transform? Yes or no? Just by this one name. Imagine if you started knowing all of Allah's other names. So I've done a series on YouTube called Know Allah. You can look it up on Falak TV and YouTube. We've done how many names? About 20 names we've done. Very short, 5-10 minutes clips, right? Uh, so I, I highly recommend you to listen to them and share them with your family and friends for the benefit, inshallah, so that we can introduce people to Allah again and to, we can, inshallah, uh, increase our knowledge of who Allah is so that inshallah people start loving him more and they become more obedient and we can bring Allah's names to life okay so hashtag know Allah one word K-N-O-W Allah hashtag yeah, to find it you'll find it uh, anywhere on YouTube any questions about today's talk comments feedback all good all right Jazakallah khair السلام عليكم <تصفيق>